In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Broads and Books listeners. We have an exclusive new group and we want you to join. This is the best kind of VIP access. VIP. You don't have to go anywhere. And you still get access to this exciting new feature. Exactly. You don't even have to get dressed. All you have to do is check your email for a special link. And you will receive access to all of our recommendations in one list. One list. Think of the possibilities. Huge TBR piles. All the everywhere. way to the ceiling. All the way to the ceiling. Yeah. Everywhere. Books being delivered nonstop. Nonstop. Think of the emails from the library telling oh you about all those books you need to pick Such up. a hit of dopamine. Such a hit. Mm-hmm. And you can do that because you get them all in one list. The best part is the list will be updated each week to include the most recent recommendations. So your list is always current. If you're already an email subscriber, meaning that you've signed up at our website, you've already been given this VIP pass to this new feature. So the link will come right to you. And if you're not sure if you signed up or you haven't signed up yet, no problem. We like VIP swag without exclusions. For sure. So head to our website, sign up, and you'll get the link too. So sign up today. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. This week... We've got a special something for you. If you've been listening for a while, you know we've been talking to some incredible authors about the books they love. They tell us about the classics they struggled with, books that surprised them recently, and strange and wonderful fan interactions. We even asked them this impossible question. What book do you demand everyone read? And they came up with some amazing picks. We've followed their recommendations, and now you can too. And it's even easier now. 
because this episode brings those must-reads all together. All in one place. You might think it's sorcery, but actually it's science and technology and a lot of profanity as we assemble it. (laughs) But we do it for you, dear listeners, always for you. And you'll find all the books mentioned in the show notes and on our website. First up, the author that talked so eloquently about books, it made us, especially Erin, super scared (laughs) she would start her own podcast. And blow us out of the water. Thankfully, she hasn't yet. It's Mona Watt, author of Bunny. I do love David Mitchell so much. And I, I just think, I mean, if it's, if I'm choosing a contemporary book, I would probably choose cloud Atlas or Mm -hmm. I would, you know, um, or maybe I would choose bone clocks just because of the, you know, I, I don't know. I love the picture of a whole life like that. So wonderful. I I guess I would maybe also choose a book by Jean Reese. Like uh, there's just a way that she writes loneliness that I think is very, I don't know. I think would make people maybe more empathetic. Um, It's just, it's very, again, it's a very like immersive voice of somebody who is kind of invisible. And, um, and I think it's, I don't know, there's just so much beauty in the way that she captures that kind of alienation and that kind of invisibility and um, that kind of sadness um, that you can just feel just by virtue of just being alone. You know, yeah. um, so maybe, maybe, maybe a book by Jean Reese, any of them really would fit mm-hmm. that bill. Mm-hmm. You know, she's every single book is kind of about that sort of loneliness. Next, an author that entertained us with acting horror stories and knew exactly what book she'd recommend that rocked her world. It's Chanel Benz, author of The Gone Dead. Heavy. Um, by Kiesi Lehman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great choice. I that read Kiesi's book. Yeah. I fucking love him as a human, as a writer. Um, and I just finished it and I thought of all these people who would be rocked if they read this book and needed to mm-hmm. read this book and get to mm-hmm. like see what he was seeing, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was some gut punches of moments. Next up, an author that told us about terrible stand-up comedy nights, garage sales as the place to find books, and older women groupies. And he mentioned a David Bowie quote. Which is when we almost lost you. It's true. It's very true. But here's Matthew Kaye, author of Catacombs of the Heart and Los Angeles. Yeah, what is a book I think everyone should read? So I would say The Diary of Frida Kahlo was kind of a cool book for me. I loved that book. It kind of was so much about dreaming bigger than you can think, you know, that was very important mm-hmm. to me. I tend to do that too. I think I see my writing career a certain way. Um, I see my prose to be geared a certain way. And so I kind of stay in a comfortable wheelhouse. And when I took a look at, you know, her diary, it really opened up that she was always pushing herself into drawing things and painting things that maybe were more, you know, she was always kind of pushing herself a little bit out of her comfort zone. I thought that was really cool. There's that David Bowie quote about uh, that, like the oh, best, oh boy, the best place to be as an artist is like going out into the ocean. I'm going to butcher it, but you want to be like a little bit where you don't have footing anymore, you know, a couple feet more into the water, so to speak. And I think there is a little bit of that. Like sometimes we tend to just stay on the shore, and the big projects can be a little daunting, so we we don't tackle them. You know, I know I've been guilty of that. Like, oh God, this, if I start this project, it might take me two, three years. And so I don't do it. And I did that with a recent novel that I just finished. And 
it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done writing that. So you ha- you need sometimes to push yourself into that zone. Definitely. And her book I kind of lost Amy for a minute because David, David Bowie. Yeah. Oh that's yeah. Her, like magic trigger. Yeah. So well, I think I was like oh, and Amy's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, an author that I felt a kinship because of her love for organizing her books. And for admitting that her pop culture obsession was a song from Frozen 2. That was incredible. I mean, come on. Here's Julia Phillips, author of Disappearing Earth. If I'm assigning a book to everybody, absolutely everybody, I would say Good Talk by Mira Jacob, which came out last year. That is, I love that book. I love that book. I mean, she models in that book how to have conversations and be alive in the world, like yes. try, you know, trying to hurt other people less. And... Um, I feel like that is joyful and challenging and wonderful for every single person who reads it. And um, as a companion text, white people in America can read White Fragility. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we should request that everyone reads it before the election. Maybe it'll change things. Let's make all sorts of requests for people, uh, things to do before the election in 2020. That would be fantastic. Next, an author that described her TBR pile as offensive and admitted she also has a panic that takes over when she meets an author she admires. It's not just us, Erin. So comforting to know that. Yeah. Here's Kate Milliken, author of Kept Animals. You know, one book that I felt like I just wanted everybody to read, but it was such a challenging book, was um, Lacey Johnson. Lacey, I think she goes by Lacey M. Johnson. uh, Her collection of essays that came out I guess it was 2018 called the reckonings Mm, and it's all about social justice and also the intersection of that with environment. She wrote, she's got an incredible memoir called the other side, which is about her. uh, She was basically held in captivity by a boyfriend who abused her, raped her. And she wrote this incredible memoir, the other side it's called um, about that experience. And then she was at a reading for that book and a woman came up and said don't something like don't you want to just kill him like wouldn't that be justice and she thought no because he actually escaped he's like living in europe and has a family and what yeah i mean just this insane story so she wrote this collection of essays in response to that woman saying wouldn't that be justice and her whole examination of what justice looks like in this country um wow. how how skewed it is how wrong it is it's an incredible collection of essays that sounds just, amazing yeah. yeah i just wanted to see it win all kinds of prizes i think she's she's just absolutely brilliant next an author that became our best friend and not just in our minds they confirmed it via email they did true story here's andrea lawler author of paul takes the form of a mortal girl Oh, that's easy. Yeah, I do. There's one book I think everybody should read. Yeah. It's Ursula K. Le Guin's The Dispossessed. Oh, cool. There's no question in my mind. It's about this anarchist planet, Anaris, and there's this physicist, Shavak, who lives on this anarchist planet, and he is getting real far with the physics, and he's communicating with his archist planet, Urus, and the physicist there, and they, he gets a special dispensation to be able to go to the archist planet. And you get to see the anarchist planet and the archist planet. And it is the most profound vision of 
a different way to live that I've ever read. The Anarchist Planet is, you know, there's a pandemic on the Anarchist Planet. It's a great thing to read right now. The Anarchist Planet is difficult. People disagree. There is conflict. It, life is hard. People don't get to, like, do what they want. Like, you don't live with your kids. There's things about it that are, like, brutal. And it is a life-changing vision of what could be possible if people actually all took responsibility for our own lives. Wow. And if we just jumped in. And I, I literally tell, it's like an easy, easy, easy answer. I tell all my students, there's one book you ever read again in your life. This is the one book. Next, an author that reminded us Miss Havisham is our age, ah. told us about her three-legged cats, <laughs> and revealed her pandemic wardrobe of bookstore t-shirts. Which reminds me that I have some shopping to do. You do. But here's Jeannie Vanasco, author of Things We Didn't Talk About When I Was a Girl. I really love, love, love Sophia Shalmiev's Mother Winter. I think one of your past guests mentioned Mother yes. Winter, and I can't yeah. um, remember which one. But that is, oh my God. So, and I'm meeting, so Sophia is like, oh, she's a genius, and she's so quick, so much energy, amazing. And my students list, she's, I've assigned, this is the cool thing about being a professor is I get to make people read, right? What I want them <laughs> to read. Um, and so I, Mother Winter is like permanently parked on my nonfiction syllabi and she's video chatted with my students like every semester. Oh, cool. And I have them listen to her interview with um, David Neiman on his Between the Covers podcast. And I really recommend it. She's just, you can see how like, quick she is, how well read, just how much energy she has. Uh, but Mother Winter, it's really beautiful. Her mother, I realize I'm like mentioning all these books and then I don't provide context. I'm like, it's really beautiful. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but her mother, she was taken away from her mother when she was, I can't remember if it was like 12 years old from Russia. Her mother had um, been an alcoholic and her dad took her away and she never really got to say goodbye to her mother and she was brought to the States and it's her um, thinking about like, what does it mean to be motherless? And then she's now, she's a mother herself. Um, and it's It's so, it's so beautifully um, lyric and it's got this great four part structure. That's not immediately obvious. It's not divided into four parts. Uh, but it's like when she's, in Russia, then when she's in the United States, when she goes back to Russia to look for her mom and then comes back to the United States. Um, but it's, it's really, it's, and she was really happy. I know with the paperback, um, she got added to it. It's like mother winter, a feminist memoir. Um, Oh, cool. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I recommend the book and then like her as a guest. She's like, just so cool. Next up, an author who reminded us that books are art, and we are therefore art collectors. So my out-of-control TBR pile is really just a piece of art. That's just fact. Here's Alex marzano Lesovich, author of The Fact of a Body. You know what? Yeah, I do, though. Lacey Johnson's The Other Side. Oh my God, I just read that. That was so intense. It's so good at capturing so much like dissociation the trauma of sexual assault we have such a a culture that won't look at that stuff just won't look at that stuff in any sort of thoughtful way or any sort of sustained way um 
and that book, man, whenever my students, I don't, I don't teach it in my classes because I, for me, reading it was such an intensely emotional experience that I don't want to foist um, that on 12 undergrads and make them have that emotional experience at the same time. Like that just doesn't seem um, almost like responsible, you know? Um, but inevitably the last day of class, students always ask me what I didn't teach. And that list could be so long, but I always say, look, here's the book that I wish I could teach because I think we would live in a different world if everyone read it. Next up, an author whose book just came out last week and who shares an obsession with Keith Morrison, like Aaron. I mean, everyone who doesn't is just wrong, but okay. <laughs> Here's Kelly White, author of The Monsters We Make. Yes, I have two big ones. Um, I think first, The Handmaid's Tale uh, by Margaret Atwood, yeah. <clears throat> which mm -hmm. I, I love that book. And even if you don't love it for the, you know, just the, the storytelling or the enjoyment of reading it. I just think it's an important book that everyone should read. Yeah. And the other one I think, I think should be required reading in high school even is um, Between the Between the World and Me by Tennessee Coates. Yes. Such yeah. a good book. Yeah. It's such an important book. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great one because then especially younger kids could see themselves in that as oh, he's growing up and becoming, you know, a man and yeah. Yes. And it's so well written and I, it's, I just, I don't understand how that's not required reading for all humans, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, an author who lets his students give him harsh workshop feedback and drives fans to tears. What is super cool about it? Super cool. Here's Nana Kwame Achebrenya, author of Friday Black. Like in this moment right now, yeah. another book I, I had to blur, but I'm, I mean it, and I've said this already, is Michael um, Denzel Smith's uh, Stakes is High. It's really, 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 really about like right now. And I'm not usually one to like ever be like um, pushing like nonfiction. So this is like a different time for me, I guess. Yeah. And I also, I, also, I also don't subscribe to like the idea that because the world is such a dumpster fire, now we should read nonfiction. I don't, it just happens yeah. that I think fiction does just as much of the important work as anything else. It just so happens that that particular book is essential to me in my mind right now. And then if I could make everyone read a book. Think of this power that you have right now. <laughs> it's just too much. It's just too much. I can't. I'm like trying to think of which of Toni Morrison's books it should be, really. Oh, yeah. Um, but honestly, though, even like a book like, I, I, I'm going to like just cop out and not give a good answer. Just say stakes is high, I guess. That is <laughs> such a good book and everyone should read it. I'm not sure. I think it comes out very soon. Um, all of Toni Morrison, too. Just all, all of her. All of her. Yeah. Maybe like, uh, yeah. But if everyone read Sister Outsider, like if everyone in the whole world read Audre Lorde's, you know, mm -hmm. the world would for sure be a better place. Yeah. You know, like for sure it'd be better in so many ways. And there you have it, some slam dunk reads, recommended by authors who love books as much as we do. If you missed any of these conversations, don't worry. We've got links to all of them in the show notes. Every damn one of them is funny and entertaining and gives you great picks to add to your piles. We'll be back next week with our regular weekly episodes. Until then, happy reading.
I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you. This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.